This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. It's very special to be here in Atlanta tonight. The relationships between Atlanta and Silver Spring communities um, have been very mutually beneficial. Um, as I look around the room here, I see a lot of people who I recognize from Silver Spring that have been some Tkufa of their life in Silver Spring. And Baruch Hashem, many of the people that have that we have by us in the Yeshiva community have started in Silver Spring and have been Baruch Hashem, have learned in Silver Spring extremely matzliach and are very, very important members of the community. Bez Hashem, we should continue having that wonderful mutual relationship. We're here tonight for um, an extraordinary event, a seum of Torah of the entire community together, each person having taken a chilek of Torah and uh, learned it and we're making a seum. Um, if we think about it, it seems to be that there are sort of two um, different good things going on. There are lots and lots of learning, Talmud Torah, and that's very, very important, that's good. We also seem to have a um, achtos, which is also very, very nice. So we have sort of an achtos in the community where everybody gets together and um, participates. But I would like to um, give some thought to this unique form of achtos, and I think if we really get a sense of what it means, the Talmud Torah of the community, then I think we'll have a much better appreciation at the depth of this Achtos and what this Achtos, what this venue of Achtos brings to the community far beyond many other activities. You could do Bikacholim together, and we could do um, davening together, and we could do a lot of nice activities, even a, a barbecue together. It's a wonderful. Uh, display of Achtos. Um, but there's something about this type of event that really goes beyond um, any other type of Achtos. Let's start with the Gemara in Kedushin, which almost seems to um, bring some issues to the table about this type of Achtos event. It's a Gemara in Kedushin that Flamid Amid It says in the Pasuk, it's a passing to Hillem, Ashe Ageva Shemilas Poshemihem, Loyevoishu Kidabras Oivim Bashar. That um, if, uh, if a person is the Gibor, he's a strong man who fills his quiver with arrows, it's a metaphor um, dealing with a, a sort of a, a intellectual struggle. Loyevoishu Kidabras Oivim Bashar they will not be humiliated when it comes time to stand up to the enemies at the gate or literally to speak with their enemies in the gate. So the Gemara gives an interpretation to this verse. My Esriven Bashar. Who are exactly are those enemies within the gate? It sounds as if these are sort of somebody within. Who are these enemies? So Abba said the following: Afilu ha'avu b'no, ha'ravit almido, 
She'oskim b'Torah b'Shar Echad. Even if you have a father and a son, a Rebbe and a Talmud, that study Torah in one gate, um, the word gate in, 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 the, um, the, in the literature of the Gemara means a sort of a gathering place. <coughs> the, the courthouse was at the gate. Nasim oivim they become enemies and en- enemies one another. The eno zazim and they don't leave until they don't become a friends with each other. Shenema, like it says, a svohev besufa. It's a it's a takeaway on a pasuk that says a svohev besufa, which is dealing with a, a location. It's in the Shir and Chukas. Altikri besufa el besofa. So the word vohev coming from the word ahava, and the word besufa um, meaning besofa. So if we um, so the the Gemara is telling us that um, it's a phenomena that when people study Torah in together, it creates a certain adversarial relationship. Nasim oivim they become enemies. Kind of very very strange. And then at the end they they love each other. So okay, it's good news that at the end everything becomes good and everybody loves each other. But you're creating a rift. I mean, isn't that what the is saying? You're creating a rift with the Talmud Torah. So would that be a smart thing to do? What happens if they get interrupted in the middle? Do they remain with the rift? Um, and why would it be like that? Um, why would it be that the closest of people develop that type of, of rift. I would also like to um, get a sense of what is the Bishar Echad? They're in one gateway. It, it seems to mean sort of close and close proximity, which I understand, it makes sense. We're talking about two close people. But then why not just say that you have two people like a father and a son and uh, a, a Rav and a Talmud? What is the Bashar Echad emphasizing over here? We also find that Tamil Chachamim Amarbim Sholom Ba'olam. They increase peace in the world. What does increase peace? Marbim Sholom means they make many pieces in the world. Pardon the pun. It's, it's pieces, P E A C E S. So, you know, peace, <coughs> when it's. When it's Proper is one continuous situation. Um, w- when when things are happening, each event is happening, and you can say there are many struggles going on, there are many wars going on. But peace, in its big sense, is one um, one entity. So why would a um, why would we say they make much peace in the world? You could say it means. <coughs> there are many conflagrations, and each one requires peacemaking. But I, I'd want to understand a lot more globally. Um, what is the many pieces? What's the much piece that they make, and so on? Um, it, it's also attributed to Tamir Chacham, especially to people studying Torah, as opposed to just righteous, good, gentle people. So I want to start by 
describing uh, a, a the, the uh, by describing the concept of why it is that Torah um, creates the the, um, the the type of peace that Torah creates and and then proceed to understand how the technique involved creates it. I want to start with a, a description from a, a work called the Akedah. Akedah is a very, very important work. It's called Akedah's Yitzchak from Yitzchak Armah. It was written <coughs> at the end of the 15th century. It was from the last generation of the Spanish of the era. And it's a remarkable work on Chumash and a little bit on uh, Megillus. Um, extremely, extremely fundamental. It develops fundamental ideas and concepts. Uh, it's very long, and that's why I think it's become this popular. But it's an extremely important work, and he raises the following issue, and 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 explains it. He asks the following. He says, um, "We know from experience and from philosophers." that birds of a feather stick together. People who have things in common tend to find their companionship enjoyable. And they, and they, and they, they come together as, as a, a, in a club, as a group. So he asks, since that's true, and that's a basic nature of society, why do the Nevi'im tell us, ain't sholom l'rishoyim, Omar Hashem, that there are no, there is no peace for the wicked people. Well, why is it that the tzaddikim can form a Gemilas Chesed club, a, a, a davening club, a, a mitzvah club, a Torah club, and we call that shalom, and there's peace amongst them, and um, make a drinking club. Everybody that likes to drink, everybody likes to gamble, or whatever it is that they like to do, let the Rishayim um, do it. Uh, why would we not describe peace as existing among them? You can have fights also, but why can't there be peace? So, um, he gives a marshal. Um, his marshal is, imagine you have two visitors visiting a king, one of whom comes from a culture where duffing your hat or removing your hat in front of a king is a sign of respect. And the other one comes from a culture where putting a hat on your head is a sign of respect. The, let's say somebody is standing in the king's chamber with the king, and two visitors come in. They obviously haven't been prepped before, and one takes off the hat, one puts on the hat. So, you know, at first glance, it seems as if... Um, there is there's a contradiction between what's going on here, and somebody is doing something terribly wrong. The king's honor is being upheld only fifty percent. The question is which one. But in truth, the, the the king's honor is paramount. That's what it's all about. Different people have different ideas on how to do it, but it's very very. But 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 they're both striving for the same thing together. The um, so he says, when people are good people, that tzaddikim, that is something 
which is both of them are up to the question of what does Hashem want. They're both part of a bigger picture and they might be disagreeing in how to interpret what Hashem said and so on and that might lead to differences in practice. But there's a common circle that's called what does Hashem want? And therefore the Shalom means both of them are of the same big circle. Kvod Hashem is both of them. When you take someone who is, um, when you take people that are doing things for themselves, for instance, uh, let's take that drinking club, that gambling club. So when I gamble, um, I do it because I enjoy gambling. I don't do it because there's this goal this, this this sort of transcendental a goal of gambling or drinking or whatever it is. Um, I do something that I like doing. It so so happens that you usually need somebody on the other side of the table to play poker with. So okay, so I need the other person to provide uh, um, to provide a necessity for me. And same thing with a drinking companion. It's not pleasant to just sit and drink yourself, so when you have a companion, you both sit and drink. But I am drinking for myself, he's drinking for himself, and we happen to find it mutually advantageous to drink together. But there's no common ideal whatsoever that's uniting us. So we have Tov. Whenever people engage in Tov, they are engaging in an activity that has an outer framework <coughs> of, of um, aspiration. Whenever they're engaging in not tov, they're engaging in um, personal activities. And there is no overriding circle that will include us both. And therefore, I don't care at all about you, you don't care at all about me, and if there's ever any disagreement, any problem, till the end. If you want to take my vodka, or I'll take your vodka, there's no way in which I'll give in, and I'll let you have some of my vodka. Whereas if we're both headed for Tov, then we're both doing, um, we have a higher goal, and in that higher goal we're the same. Takeda brings it out from actually a, uh, a, um, a, a, a Mishnah that deals with something that happened that was this week's Pasha. The Mishnah in Ovis says, what is the example, the Mishnah says, a machlokas l'shem shemayim sofaliz kayim. A machlokas that is l'shem shemayim is going to, is going to last. It will have some sort of kiyum. It, it will have existence. A machlokas shalolishem shemayim, a machlokas that's not for the sake of heaven, is not going to exist. It's it will this at some point it will fall apart. The Mishnah gives us examples. The Mishnah says the example machlokas shemayim is shamayin hillel. The machlokas shalolishem shemayim is korach. So, what exactly does it mean? It's going to last continue, remain. If you, and if you take a look at the of Korach, 
Korach want to be Kohen Gadol. That's a very, very L'shem Shemayim. I would say L'shem Shemayim the thing. I mean, being Kohen Gadol is, is, is very important. So, so what exactly, is, what's the difference? What exactly are we showing, what are we exactly showing as being the difference between the two? And the answer is the disagreement of Korach and Moshe was not about what did Hashem say. He wasn't proving and saying, well, don't you remember he said in, in, in Sinai about X or Y and Z, that means me? He was saying, my aspiration in life is to be a Congo. It's a nice aspiration, but it has nothing to do about what Hashem wants. It has to do with my personal aspiration. And therefore, it's not L'Shem Shemayim, it's about me. It's so, when I want something because I want something, and you want something because you want something, then there's no resolution. And one side is going to fall by the wayside. It has to be that way, because there's no, resol- there's no way both of us can have it. Since, the mach- since there's no common unity between me and you, that will never ever um, remain. One party will fall away, and Korach also fell away. In the, in, the, in the case of Shammai and Hillel, Shammai and Hillel are the two Tanoic figures that argue most vehemently in the Mishnayas across. From Brachas through Nida, we have a Machlokas in the, in, in the, in, in the first missions of Brachas, and the last missions of Nida, and some of the last missions of Nida. You have Shammai and Hillel. They, they, they span the entire Shas in arguing. But they're not arguing about what a Shammai wants versus what Hillel wants. They're trying to understand Hashem's Torah. Hashem is the big tent, and each one of them is trying to strive to understand it. And therefore, what connects them is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It, that's, that's who connects them. And they are part and parcel of... HaKadosh Baruch Torah, and therefore each and every one finds a place. Um, Hillel and Shammai, we might pass like Hillel the vast majority of times, but Shammai's opinion is extremely important, and we need to study it and understand it because it's born of Emes. It's, it's, a, it's a branch of Emes. It's another way of trying to understand HaKadosh And the so for the sky is because since they're both at the, at the very, very tippy tip of their argument is how, what does Hashem want? They both want the same thing. Hillel and Shammai want the same thing. What Hashem wants. Korach Vadoso versus Moshe, Korach Vadoso wants what Korach wants. And Moshe does want what Hashem wants. So therefore, so, Tamine Chachamim are engage in the arguments because each side has its particular angle. And we'll see in a second um, more specific about the technique. So the first point is Tamir HaChamim brings Shalom in the world because the Machlokas of Tamir HaChamim are the Shem Shemayim. They're both struggling to understand the Dvar Hashem. It's the one Machlokas where both parties are agreeing to a much bigger circle which is Ratzin Hashem. And each and every one um, is, is honestly describes how he sees it and um, and both together are part of a, of a big ends.
more specifically about how is it, what's the technique of the learning that um, that actually produces this. So um, let's use a, a, an explanation by Reb Tzadik HaKoyen. Reb Tzadik HaKoyen was one of the great Hasidish Rebbes. He died more or less in the turn of the last century. And he was an extremely deep and, um, and very fruitful author of different uh, um, different works on Hasidus. <coughs> and um, he was Reb Tzadik HaKoyen of Lublin. And I want to say over how he specifically describes what exactly is the process that creates this? He starts off. Let, let's. He starts off with a medrash, a famous medrash, that is kind of cryptic. It's a medrash in the beginning of Brachis, kind of Ches, and it says over there that when Hashem created man, he consulted with his leading angels, and there was an angel of kindness, an angel of truth an angel of um, charity and an angel of peace. The angel of kindness said, yep, create man because men are kind. The angel of truth said, don't create man because they are notorious liars. The angel of charity said, create man because they do charity. And the angel of peace said, don't create man because they're terrible warmongers. So what did Akash do? It says in the Medrash, he took um, the angel of truth threw it down on the ground and lo and behold everything um, and, and, you know, I guess it was two to one and everything was uh, it was set in motion to create man so Tzadik asks and yeah, it's not a type of kasha that's a it's a kasha kasha but he says it's not reasonable to assume that there was any resistance to Hashem at the final point. So, what exactly was the um, what, what exactly happened to peace? Truth was thrown down to the ground, and that resolved truth. Um, what exactly happened to the angel of peace? Is he still in opposition? <coughs> it's, it's hard to say. Akhachkov would not have a unanimous backing of his malachim. So, he explains as follows. Let's. I'll, I'll use a marshal. I'm going to use an illustration. I guess more current, but it's it's the point that he's making. We we sometimes have we've have the experience of looking at something through lenses that are not focused, and we see a blur depending on how unfocused it is. You get it sometimes with binoculars, or if you go to to the doctor's office and, and, and he examines you, and you know this is the type of things you usually. Um, We've had that experience one way or another. When the binoculars are not focused, we have two phenomena that really are one and the same. Each and every point that we look at is not clearly outlined. So if I see um, somebody, so I'm looking at a person, I, I see the shirt, the shirt's borders are not sharply defined, and as a result of that, there is overlap between the shirt and what's around him. So we have a lack of clarity slash truth at 
and and therefore, and and then a, a, a sort of overlapping and mingling between different bits and pieces. When we talk about peace in the world, when we talk about um, when we talk about being um, when we speak about people not having peace. What happens is, Akadosh Baruch Hu gave the world to um, us and gave each person a prescribed place, time, and role in the world. If we were honest, totally honest, and knew and were able to sharply define our place, there couldn't be conflict because Akadosh Baruch Hu didn't put peace of one thing over another thing. There's many times who took away a leader when it came time for the next leader and so on. So, so there are no bits and pieces like that. The problem is we project our fantasy which always sees ourselves and our role as being larger than it really is. And then you have a lot of overlapping. So Rapsodic says who threw truth down to the world and which means he gave man access to um, he gave man access to being able to pick up on truth, which is Torah. Akadosh Baruch Hu gave us a Torah, which sharply defines me, you, mine, yours, his, nobody's, everybody's. That's that's he said. So Rapsodic says. The sharper you define the truth, the more shalom, um, the more it fills with shalom. Because when everything is crystal clear and all the lines are sharply defined, then what you have is a, every piece is clear and the whole picture is complete. Everything has its place, nothing is out of its place, and every piece is filled. That's the process where it comes together. So it's dafka because you look for truth and you search for truth that peace comes automatically with as the as the as the clarity of the truth sharpens so does automatically the peace become enhanced. That's how Tzaddik explains it. Um, so I'd like to sort of um, apply it to what we're doing here tonight and what we've done all year and what we've been doing with this program. Um, when people come together, they are different. When they work for the same entity, when they realize in Torah more than any place else, when I have an argument in the shul, um, should, should, should I have air conditioning or not air conditioning, heating, not heating, Really, I'm arguing about my personal feelings, and you're arguing about your personal feelings or preferences, and so on. That doesn't lead, um, that, that that doesn't create. Um, at best, we can compromise, we can sort of yield, but but it's not peace. But when when as we're arguing, we're not arguing about what I think or what you think, but what Akharish Baruchu thinks then the realization of our commonality gets reinforced in the process. So, 
And this requires a sort of axiomatic acceptance. The question is not what do I think is good religion, or what do you think is good religion, or what does he think good religion is. If that's the argument, then my religion is me, and your religion is you, and his religion is him. But when we have a common Torah, and we know one thing, everything has to come back to what it says. So it's not what I feel is better, but what do I feel it says? And there may be disagreements on that, but all I know is that we both agree on what's here. So as we struggle to define it, we're also building in ourselves the realization of our commonality. And and that's the pshat, a, a, a rav and a talmud, and an av and a chacham, that a yeshe bishar echot. We're sitting in one gate. In other words, there's the common circle that includes us both. So within that circle, the struggle is to exactly get the pieces in line. I remember uh, many years ago in the May Yeshiva, a journalist came, I think it was for Philadelphia newspaper, he was writing something, uh, a piece, I think, on Israel's 50th anniversary. And he um, was, and, and he was looking at all segments of society, and he came to Yeshiva. And no previous warning, he was not a Jewish person, came to me Yeshiva. He walks up the steps about 10, 30, 11 in the morning, when the Beis Medrash is at its fullest. I happen to walk out, and he's standing there, and the Beis Medrash is, is like a volcano. I mean, it's incredibly, uh, you know, it's incredibly uh, crowded, and incredible amount of energy and learnings, and it's a really incredible sight. And he's looking, at, he's looking shell-shocked, and he turns to me, and he asks me, is it going to come to blows? In his world, you know, it starts with drinking, and then it's a fight, and, you know, it's an argument, and then it's blows, and finally the police come. The idea that everyone is arguing because everyone wants to get to the common point of what does Hashem want, and as they're arguing, it's, it's building a friendship in that argument, it was an idea that was totally alien to him. Something that, that he just, just, it was something that could have been a Mars or Venus. That's the type of achtas that gets built from Torah. The, the criteria for it is that you really learn L'Shem Shemayim. In other words, you know that what you come up with, whatever it is, it's an, a real desire to know what does it say in Shavarach. What does it say in the Gemara? What does it say in the Pasuk? And it's not, what do I like to express of myself? But we're both working at that. The word Shalom is a name of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Shalom is one of the names of a Kaddish Baruch Hu because it encompasses everything. That's, that's a divine trait. So everybody is, everyone has a place within a Kaddish Baruch Hu if that's what they're part of. I would, um, and the second condition is, so first condition is you have that commonality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah, and you know that that's your point of origin and, and the point of departure, that's what has to be. Second thing is that you, um, the second point is it needs to be a real search for Emes, like we saw in Reb Tzaddik. When you search for Emes, that's when the clarity of truth 
it, it's, it, the, 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 the flip side of the clarity truth is the tranquility of peace. Because as each element finds its own place and time and so on, everything clicks together. It's meant to be that way because that's how it was designed. I'd like to add one more point, possibly, of this process and how important it is. When you take people together and you ask for peace or unity, you can do it by a, um, a, a sort of every person kind of compromise on what he would like. I would like air conditioning, he would like heating, or compromise. Neither air conditioning or heating, open window, whatever. That's, um, that's not a, um, it, it's, it's fine, it's important to have that in life. There are just a lot of situations we just need to do. You, you need to yield on, on, on your preference to, to be able to live with a group together. And that's important, it's necessary, but it's frustrating. Each in every person needs to find his makom. So we say the same chalkeinu b'sarasecho. Give us our particular point in Torah. Every single person has his point that his approach and his answer was the right point and the right answer. I have a a, a, a relative, a relative of mine, who um, was one of the last Talmidim in Lakewood that Rabbi Aaron Kotler was um, was a Talmud Rabbi Aaron Kotler, and he was he's a very was very very bright uh, Talmud Chachamim person, but he 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 once answered a Rebbe very very strong and tough issue in, in the Talmud that Rav Kotler picked up on and was very impressed with. And he would always call it, this is so-and-so's Rebbe Kivega. That's how he would talk about it. His, this is his point in Torah. Every person has a part in Torah. And it allows us to find ourselves in Torah. The um, I think this is what the Gemara is trying to tell us, that even a father and a son, or a teacher and a, and a disciple, a, f- a father and a son are very alike, and, and a teacher and a student, um, you know, they're picking up the same pattern of approach and so on, they're also alike. But everyone needs to find his self. Um, a son needs to find his self, despite the fact that he's very tied to where his father is. A disciple needs to find his um, path within a path, so to speak, his lane in the path that, the, that his teacher gave Torah allows that, and that's the beauty of Torah, that it allows for them to 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 struggle, and then it allows for them, to, it, it, and the struggle is each one exactly putting in his chilek, and by and by sort of working one against the other, we come up with exactly what's right about my point and what's right about your point and so on, and then we have. The, um, and, and then when we finish the process we have a clarity of truth which gives us automatically the divisions of each one and how they fit together we come to the realization that we're really, really embracing the same God we're learning the same Torah and embracing the same God and it makes for a far, far deeper achtos than through any other system it's um, it's our filler and our hope that we continue um, this this uh, program of 
a Torah study that leads to such an achdus, it means that not it, 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 it's it's a type of unity and peace of a community that's built not on each person's willingness to forego, but rather on each person's drive to find the the nakuda, the truth that I can in him. It's a process that requires studying, but it requires an attitude of approaching a common truth, the emiss of Torah, the immutable emiss of Torah, and our, uh, it requires an honest question, not what would I like to say, but what it says, and finally, um, a realization when we finish the process, and we've all put Torah together, that we have together created the big picture, the Shalom Vakarish Baruch Hu, that is the big circle, the big tent that brings everybody together, and may we continue to have the Emes and the Shalom together, like it says Emes HaShalom HaHevu, the Emes that Kodesh Baruch Hu threw down to us and gave us, taking the road of that Emes, we'll, we'll, we, will, we will find that when we reach to the terminus of Emes, we will be at the terminus of Shalom as well. Emes HaShalom HaHevu.